Peter this morning, and uh, we're going to be looking at chapter number 4, 1 Peter chapter 4. Let me reiterate to you uh, this morning that uh, uh, when the kids get up and do uh, their program or their specials, uh, uh, it is directly due to our Wednesday night program, so we would love to have you for our Wednesday night program. We've got um, uh, a great group of kids, uh, uh, some great teachers uh, that work with them uh, week in and week out. Uh, it's not <clears throat> just a babysitting service, okay? We teach them the scriptures, we teach them biblical songs, we teach them uh, stories from the Bible, and uh, I'm here to tell you, we were talking about this the other day, <clears throat> talking to adults and um, speaking to adults that even, that have maybe even got away from the church or got away from the Lord and maybe came back or even didn't come back and uh, they're just kind of out of church, you know, they, they very rarely ever speak about a preacher's message. They barely ever speak about people in the church, but they often talk about what they learned in children's church and what they learned in, in, in Sunday school and what they learned in Wednesday night programs like Awanas and Patch and uh, stuff like that. They, they remember those things because they were brought to church and um, it's an important thing. The stuff sticks with you. Stuff stays with you. And uh, what a blessing it is. And thankful for those that work with the kids, not only on Wednesday, but on Sunday as well. And um, we certainly uh, praise the Lord uh, for the opportunity to be a blessing and a help um, to you and uh, your family. And what our goal has always been here uh, at, uh, at Rinka Baptist Temple is to reach the family. And uh, that's what our goal is, and uh, not just adults, uh, but teens and children as well. And so um, we've got a whole team program as well. They've got activities and all sorts of things that they do. And so we're certainly uh, excited about uh, serving the Lord in 2022 and um, thankful for it. And uh, one at some point, I don't know when that point will be, but at some point we're going to Probably in the a little bit in the future, but we're going to get back to. Uh, do you do you miss shaking hands? Some some of you don't. <laughs> some of you are okay if we never go back to shaking hands. Uh, but uh, you know, some of us miss it and uh, being able to talk just for a second to somebody. And and uh, when I was down at uh, uh, Regency, uh, there. Regency Baptist Temple, so they're RBT as well, and uh, preached down there uh, for Brother Ralph, and and uh, it, it was kind of, it was almost comical. I, I, I shouldn't have laughed, but I kind of laughed out loud as, as they did it. It was, it was their um, COVID greeting, and so the song leader was singing, and Brother Ralph was sitting over here, and and right at the break, right after that first song, Brother Ralph come over, and 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 the song leader turned, and they shook hands, and then they turned around and said. Hey! And everybody turned around in their pews and said, Hey! I said, Oh my goodness. And uh, so I said, Hey! And a little bit different, but um, you've got to be innovative, don't you? And I've uh, got to think through some of those things. If you, let me, let me give you a reminder of this. I know so many times Sunday is a busy time. It's really a busy time of 100 things going on. If you come up to me and you say something to me that you want me to remember, 
don't do it on Sunday. Now, now, I'm, now we joke about my bad memory because I really do have a bad memory, but Sunday is so chaotic. A lot of times people don't even, our regular church people, don't, they don't say anything to me. They just usually come up and give me a piece of paper and said, here's, this is, what I, this is your reminder. This is what I want you to say or do. So if I forgot something, uh, it wasn't on purpose. It's just so many times we've got... 100,000 things going on and uh, trying to remember to get this done and trying to remember uh, to do that. And uh, my most important thing on Sunday is to remember my sermon. Okay, so that takes up most of my brain matter on Sunday morning. And so um, it's not intentional if uh, I, I, uh, I forget something. So uh, just uh, just be aware of that. First Peter chapter number four this morning. And I want to uh, preach you a message. I want to talk about this subject. Uh, and time keeps ticking away. Time keeps ticking away. I'm telling you. It's, it's mind-boggling to me that we are already in March. At the end of the month, we'll have our Bible conference, uh, and then March will be over. I mean, we'll be in the summer before, before we can blink an eye. We understand, and we know, we know from the Scriptures, we know from experience, uh, that time flies. I mean, it just goes so fast. I was talking to somebody on the phone the other day, and they had called me, and we talked to, uh, for, uh, for a brief moment about uh, some things uh, in the past, and I said, yeah, I said, uh, you know, Kyle, Kyle's going to be 24 this year, and Anna's going to be 22 this year, and, and Emma's in her senior year, and she's 18, and, and the person says, stop it. Stop. No. You, you know why they want you to stop it? Because that means they're getting older. We don't, we don't want to think that we're getting older, right? I mean, we just want to think that, you know, time flies by, but we stay the age we're at, or we stay in the, the, the phase of life we're at, or, but it doesn't. As time flies, things change. And man, I'm telling you, church, don't blink. They're changing rapidly. Rapidly. Kyle and I went out to um, Springfield, had to get a couple things, uh, had to do a couple things for wee ones, and we, we headed out to Springfield and went past the Parkers in, in, in Springfield, and $3.69 was the gas. $3.69. So he's getting towards empty. He said, I'm just going to wait, and I'll, I'll, I'll wait and get gas. And so we got... We did what we needed to do, and he came back. We had to work uh, that night, and he went back to go to work uh, two, two and a half hours later, $3.99 or $0.89 or whatever it was. I mean, if you don't, it, I mean, that's how fast things are changing. That's just an example. I mean, you, you've seen it. You've seen it this year. I mean, with, with the price of everything going up, everything on the shelf is going up if they have it. I mean, gas is going up. Everything is just changing rapidly. And if you're not paying attention, it'll just pass you by. You ever notice that? I mean, it just absolutely passed you by. Have you ever been on, on the road and you drove certain places all the time and then you didn't drive that certain place for a little while and then you go back and you think to yourself, what in the world happened? 
Do you realize that if somebody lived here and moved away five years ago, ten years ago, and came back and went to Pooler, they'd say, what happened here? I moved here 13 years ago, almost 13 years ago now. Pooler was nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. Matter of fact, one time I told somebody in the church, I, I said, uh, they said, where are you going? We're going to Pooler. You're going all the way to Pooler? What are you going to Pooler for? There, there's nothing in Pooler. My goodness gracious. Has it changed through the years? Exponentially it has changed through the years. Now I say, do I have to go to Pooler? I never thought I'd say this. Listen to me, church. I never thought I'd say this. I'd about rather go to Savannah than go to Pooler. Mind blown. I mean, absolutely mind blown. I mean, there's so many things that are changing all around us. And the scripture warns us of this. The scripture tells us of this. Peter tells us in our text in chapter number 4, but the end of all things is at hand. I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that we're living in the last days. I believe it. I believe, listen, I I only believe, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know according to the Scripture that not one single prophecy has to be fulfilled for the rapture of the church to happen. That's the next event on the prophetic calendar, the rapture of the church. Now, I don't know when that day is. If you think you know what that day is, keep it to yourself. Because the Bible says that we do not know the day. We do not know the hour. The angels in heaven don't know the day or the hour. So we have no idea. A preacher gets up and gives a date. Listen, be skeptical of that preacher. Because we don't know. We have no idea. And I don't care you take the generations and you add them together and take numerology and you add this and subtract that. Listen to me. We don't know. that You're wasting your time. God said you don't know. God said you're not going to know. But we do know it's imminent. And it's just a fancy word for it's coming really soon. It could happen at any moment. God doesn't, listen, God's not going to come down to you and let you know, hey, I'm coming tomorrow. The Bible says he's going to come as a thief in the night. <clears throat> how, many, how many of us know that if somebody's going to break into your house, they don't come the night before and say, hey, look, tomorrow at 9 o'clock, I'm fixing to break in your house. I'm going to come through the front door. You know, I've got, I've got all the tools to get. Listen, bad idea. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in my recliner waiting for you to come. You, know, you don't tell somebody. Je- Jesus says, listen, you don't know when I'm coming. You just need to be prepared because the end is at hand. Listen to what, listen to what Paul says. Paul told Timothy this in, t- in first Timoth- 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Listen to these verses. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now, we could stop right there and realize, listen to me, we're living in perilous times. There's no doubt about it, but listen to what he says. For men shall be lovers of of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, 
blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. Talk about a mouthful. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. You know what Paul was given? You know what Paul was given, Timothy? A warning. Better pay attention. Perilous times are coming. Perilous times have come, church. Look at that list. Go back and read over that list. I'm telling you, not only in the world, but you can see the list in the church. Scary. The days in which we live are scary days. There's no doubt that we're living in the last days and the end is drawing nigh. Listen to what Peter said. 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let me tell you what Paul and Peter and others in the Scripture, when they give a warning about the Word of God, or about the end times, or about these perilous times in which we live, they're not giving it so that we can stick our head in the sand. They're not giving it so we can throw our hands up. You ever feel like doing that? I mean, you just ever feel like... Listen, anybody ever feel like just picking something up and throwing it? Just make sure nobody's around, right? I mean, don't throw it at somebody. You ever, you ever feel like just saying, Yo, I'm done? For, you ever deal with somebody? You ever deal with a person and dealt with them and dealt with them and dealt with them and you've actually asked yourself the question, how many times am I supposed to forgive? Because I'm, I'm getting pretty close. By the way, it's 490 times is for, one of, for the same offense. So you're not going to get there, okay? But you ever felt that way? You ever felt like giving up? You ever felt like throwing your hands up? Peter is not saying, okay, these are tough times, so just just, just get yourself isolated in your house, uh, uh, lock up the door, put things in front of it, have enough food for you and your family, and just wait it out. It's not what he's saying. You know what he's saying? Same thing Paul is saying. Same thing the Scripture is saying. Listen, we live in perilous times. We're living in the end times. We need to be busy. 
We need to be telling others. We need to be sharing the gospel. We need to be sharing the, the gift that God has blessed us with, the talents that God has given us. Stop sticking your head in the sand. Why? Because we are living in the end days. We are living in perilous times, and we have no idea when the end is going to be here. So where do we need to be? We need to be ready at all times. At all times. How many people here have been in the military? Why, why would you be shy about being in the military? Because we're, we're proud to be in the military. How many people went to boot camp? If you didn't raise your hand, you use you, lying about the military. Okay, because we all went to boot camp, right? I remember going to boot camp. I remember being just a young punk in, in boot camp. And, and, and I remember uh, the, our company commander was not a nice person. He just wasn't. And, uh, and, and you, you know, you got hollered at, screamed at. I mean, you had to do, I mean, all sorts of exercises for absolutely no purpose and no reason. And that's what I thought as a young man. And, and I thought to myself, okay, when that cat goes, I, I, you know, he, he gets out of the room. We can do what we want. It's your thought process, right? Well, he'd come in and he had trouble with his wife. I mean, he ended up getting divorced, but he had trouble with his wife. And so he'd get, he'd get mad at his wife. This is for real. He'd get mad at his wife and he'd, and he'd, come, he'd, he'd come to the barracks. Three o'clock in the morning. He'd come in throwing garbage cans and screaming and hollering and just because, just because he was mad. And we'd pop out of bed. And so sometimes, man, you run everywhere and you're, I mean, you're tired. So let me tell you something. When he left, you didn't get in your rack because you messed up your rack. You couldn't have your rack with your, your, your bed. You couldn't have your bed messed up. It had, to be, it had to be tight. I mean, it had to look good. So you know what we often did? Slept. Yeah, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Slept under it, right? So when a company commander come in the, come in the room, what did you have to scream? Tension on deck, Right? Tension on deck. Everybody had to come to attention. Well, if you're really tired and you're sleeping under a bed, tension on deck, boom! You hit your head and you come rolling out seeing stars and trying to stand on attention. And you know what I learned? I learned that that company commander could come back at any time. And you better be ready. You better, not, you better not have your eyes diverted over here. You better not be thinking about this. You better be ready for him to come back at any moment. Listen to me. Jesus Christ is our company commander. And he can come back at any moment. You better stop fiddling around. You better stop messing around with this world. You better stop doing the things that you think you should be doing and start studying the scriptures and finding out what God wants you to do. Where God wants you to be. How God wants you to live. Why? Because He could come back at any moment. I think of this. Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if you were, if you were sitting down with somebody and you were winning them to Christ and they come to Christ and the rapture of the church happened? Huh? What if the rapture of the church happened while we were at church? Some of you are thinking, oh, I wish He would come before you she would shut up. You know. But... Wouldn't it be cool if we were all in church and the rapture of the church happened and we went up together? Now, listen to me. Don't, don't think of the rapture of the church like Hollywood depicts it. We're not going to be waving all up in the air and high-fiving each other. and It's going to be in a twinkle of an eye. Okay, I get that. But imagine if we were all raptured up or if we're out door knocking or if we're you know, doing something for the Lord. But I also think, 
Do you ever think? What if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing? What if you're watching something you shouldn't be watching? What if you're in a place that you shouldn't be? And the rapture of the church happens. Listen to me. If you're saved, you're going. I don't don't care where you are. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you say. If you're born again, you know Christ is your Savior. When the rapture of the church happens, the, the church is going up. Not this building. But the church, God's people, are going to go up in the air. But can you imagine? You know, it's always been a deterrent to me. A deterrent to me for, 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 doing, for, for not doing, or for doing right and for not doing wrong. It's getting caught. You ever think about that? You ever think that, you know, we live in, let me tell you something. I don't care how big the county is. We live in small town USA. It's a fact. You do something, and I promise you everybody in the county knows it before you get home. Before you lay your head on your pillow, everybody knows what you did. I mean, it's unbelievable. And and it's exponentially worse if it's a preacher. Any bad thing in the 13 years that I've been here, any bad thing that a preacher has done... Everybody knows about it. Everybody knows about it. Because we have this messed up mentality that, you know, preachers can't make mistakes, right? And uh, ministers can't make mistakes. And people in full-time ministry can't make mistakes. And so, man, we just... And by the way, we hammer people because it makes us feel better. That's why we do it. But listen to me. I can get off true script. We are living in the last days. We need to be busy. That's what... Peter was talking about here. He was saying that these last days are to be the busiest days of our life. Having the knowledge. Having the knowledge that we're living in the last days. Having the knowledge that Jesus could come back at any moment. We must, we must be some things. We must do some things. Number one, we must be serious about our thinking. We must be serious about our thinking. He uses a word here. Uh, in verse number 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober. So when we think about the word sober in our modern world today, we think of being without, not being drunk. So we think about sober. But sober literally means being serious. For some reason, there are people in our world, people in our church today, who just think everything's a great big joke. You know, it's the same mentality that was before Noah. You remember that mentality? What was that? Eat, drink, and be merry. Do what feels good. Do what's right for you. Do you know one of the problems I have with some of these mega, uh, mega ministries and these, these mega pastors? Is there, is there so... There's, there's one preacher said this. They're so open-minded, their brains fall out. I mean, they're open-minded about everything. Well, listen, you, 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 are, you, know, you believe in Islam? Well, just, just believe with all your heart. You, you believe in this? Well, then just believe with all... If you have good intentions... Listen to me. If I jump out of an airplane without a parachute, my intentions don't matter. Good, bad, or indifferent. 
it's going to turn out really bad at the end. I mean, it might be a fun ride for a little while, but you're going to hit the ground sooner or later. And it doesn't matter what you're, oh, well, you splatted on the ground. Well, he had good intentions. He's still dead. It doesn't matter what your intentions are. It matters what the scriptures say. You see, you can't, dis, you can't discard and disregard the scriptures and expect to be a good Christian. That's not how that works. So we have got to be sober. We've got to be serious in our thinking. Stop this insetuous eat, drink, and be merry. Well, it's right for you, preacher, but it's not right for me. Listen, if God says it, it's right for everybody. Some, some, of, some things are open for interpretation. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. I would, I, would, I would agree with that statement. Some things are open for interpretation. The music you listen to may be different than the music I listen to, and oh, it's okay. I mean, for some people, that's like the, the sin unto death. But really, it's okay if you listen to music different than I listen to. Now, there's some music you ought not be listening to. I get that, but I'm just telling you, some things are open for interpretation. I don't go down to the church down the road and say, listen, the music you're playing in this church, you shouldn't be playing it. That's not my business. They, they answer to God for what they, what they play in their church, and we answer to God for what we play in our church. It's open for interpretation. But I'm here to tell you there are things in the Scripture that are not open for interpretation. The deity of Jesus Christ is not open for interpretation. Jesus is God, period. Marriage is not open for interpretation. Now, we might not have as big of a deal about the whole thing with Jesus being God, but man, we got marriage messed up. I mean messed up. Depending on what church, depending on what pastor, depending on what denomination, and I'm telling you, it is seeped into every corner of the church. It's unbelievable to me. Do you realize it, it, it absolutely boggles my mind some things that Scripture are so clear on and we are so confused on? How in the world can you be the husband of one wife and be a woman? If you've got that figured out, you come see me. I'd love to talk to you about it. The, the scriptures are clear on certain things. And if the scriptures are clear on certain things, then it's settled already. It doesn't matter what this church does. It doesn't matter what your family does. It doesn't matter what we do as individuals. When it comes to the scriptures, the scriptures are already settled in heaven, the scripture says. And so we, we believe it because God said it. And so we need to be serious. Let me tell you what we need to be serious about. Number one, we need to be serious about salvation. Listen, it boggles my mind as clear as the Scripture is that we can be so confused about this subject. The subject of salvation. Can I tell you there's really only two camps when it comes to salvation? There's the grace camp and there's the works camp. 
It's the only two camps. If you're not in the grace camp, then you're in the work camp. You, meaning, meaning work camp, meaning that you've got to do something for your salvation. Whether it's be baptized or a member of church or good works or, or speaking in tongues, whatever it might be. You've got to do this, this work to be saved. And yet, over and over and over again, I just got them listening, just, just out of curiosity. This guy on YouTube who was talking about, actually did a series. He doesn't even have it up anymore. But he did a series on the ridiculousness of grace and salvation. About how it's necessary for you to be baptized. It's necessary for you to, and he gave a list of things, three-part series. You're welcome. I suffered through all three parts. And I'm telling you, other than taking Scripture, he did use some Scripture, he, however, took them out of context, he just babbled on for three sessions about what he thought. And let me tell you something. One of, our, one of our biggest enemies can be our thoughts. Can be our own mind. Well, what I think or what I've experienced or what I say, be careful because let me tell you something. Isaiah 14, that's how the devil fell. I, I, I. We've got to be careful of our thinking and we've got to concentrate our thinking uh, on what the Word of God says. So we need to be serious about our salvation. Not only about our salvation, but about other salvation. Now, first and foremost, you need to get right, you need to get right by yourself, for yourself. You know, when it comes to salvation, there's some things that we need to understand. Number one, we need to understand our condition. We are lost. We are undone without Christ. We've missed the mark. Romans 3.10, Romans 3.23. Listen, we are all sinners. There's not an exception. You're not an exception. I'm not an exception. And God doesn't make exceptions. We have all missed the mark. What is our condition? Our condition is lost. Our condition is without hope. Our condition is going to send us to hell. That's what our condition is. How many times do you hear that anymore? You don't hear that anymore. You know why? Because hell has vanished in our churches today. Poof, it's gone. You know why? Because it doesn't feel good to preach about it, does it? Doesn't feel good to mention it. Matter of fact, when we say it, we think of a cuss word. But I want you to know something about hell. It's a real place. A real place. And it's a tragedy that we have, have not got our mind where it needs to be on the seriousness of salvation, not only ours, but others. Do you have family members, friends, kids? Grandkids, co-workers that we know that are lost. What in the world are we doing about it? I've got a message. I've already got it ready. I'm fixing to preach it. On the tears of heaven. The tears, the tears of Scripture. The times in the Scripture where people wept. We've lost our tears. It's like we don't even care anymore. 
We need to care. We need to get serious about our thinking. Why? Because the end is here. I'm not, listen, you think what you want. You know, the Hollywood has just depicted these guys, you know, in, 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 the, in these movies, in these horror movies, these quacks that are standing on the streets with the sign raised up saying the end is near. The end is near. Well, that's good. I'll be the quack. Because I'm here to tell you the end is near. It's drawing nigh. And we need to get serious about salvation. We need to understand the condition. And then we need to understand the solution. There's a solution. Do you know the Bible says in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name given under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the way. Jesus said in 14 and verse 6 of the book of John, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Does that sound pretty specific? Sounds pretty specific to me. Listen, when you look at this jacket, this jacket's gray. Now, you could say this jacket's orange. You could say it's purple. You could say it's yellow. You could say whatever you want to, but it doesn't change the fact that it's gray. Do you realize you could say anything you want about salvation, but it doesn't change the facts. And the facts are, without Jesus Christ, there's no hope. And without Jesus Christ, there's no heaven. He is the way. We need to get serious when it comes to salvation and sharing that with others. You know, this idea of I'm working on it, preacher. I'm, 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 I'm being, do you realize, realize with me this morning that there is nobody in this church, there's nobody in this world being saved. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's no being saved. You're either saved or you're lost. There's no process. You see, when I got saved and when you got saved, if you are saved, it was instantaneous. You received Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and he saved you. I saw a sign. I love this sign. I've seen him for years and years. To be almost saved is to be totally lost. You think about that? To be almost saved. I think about the times where I heard the gospel and I didn't get saved. And God was gracious to me. And I didn't die before I had another chance. Because when you go out into eternity, that's it, folks. No redos. No second chances. There's no reincarnation where you come back and you get another chance. There's none of that. Once we go into eternity, we are in eternity Forever and forever. I'll tell you, if that doesn't sober you up, that doesn't make us serious. Don't worry, happen. We're not necessarily drunk with wine, but we're drunk with the things of this world. We're drunk with making money. We're drunk with having material things. We're drunk with friendships. We're drunk with all these things of the world. And God says, listen, get serious. There are some things that are more important than others. Do you believe that? I absolutely believe that. Because I'm here to tell you, I like you. Some of you, I I, I like you a lot, but I'm telling you something, I I like my family more. This is all there is to it. 
If I had $100 and I had my child and somebody else that needed that $100, my child's going to get it. Maybe not every time, but you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> depending on the circumstances. But you know what I'm talking about, because there's, there's priority, right? You have priority. If your house caught on fire, right, and you only had a minute, I guarantee right now, right now, in your mind, you're thinking, this is what I would save. And if, and if it was a person, obviously that would be it. But if there was some kind of prized possession, that would be my mama's bottle. It would be, it would be, it would be this. It would be that. Listen to me. If my house was burning down, I wouldn't run into my house and get my favorite knife. This, I love cooking in this one pot, so I'm, I'm going to grab, I'm going to grab this, this pot and pan and get it. No, there are some things in my house that are way more important because I, because I got priorities. We need to get our priorities straight. You know what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians? It's high time that we wake up out of sleep. We're in a slumber. We're in a sleep. Let me tell you what. COVID's not helped it. I mean, it's not helped it at all. And I know the circumstances surrounding it. I understand all the seriousness. I'm telling you, it has lulled the church to sleep. It's lulled Christians to sleep. You know what God said? High time. Wake up. Pay attention. Get serious about your thinking. Get, your mom ever tell you this? You need to get your head screwed on straight. You ever said that to your kids? You know what we need to do? We need to get our heads screwed on straight spiritually and realize that this is the direction we need to go in and beyond anything else, you better, you better get serious about your salvation and the salvation of those that are surrounding. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There's never been a time in your life where by faith you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Can I tell you this morning that God loves you? Listen to me, Jesus Christ came to this world, lived a sinless life, and died on a cross for a reason. For a purpose. What was that reason? What was that purpose? You were. You're that reason. And you're that purpose. He shed His blood so that you might have the remission of sin. He rose again so that one day you might rise. Wow. It's time we get serious, folks. It's time we get sober, get... Get your mind on the things of the Lord. Let this mind be in you. Paul told the church at Philippi, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let's get our minds right for the Lord. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing this morning, a hymn invitation. If you're not saved, can I invite you to come?